0: In watching the uh, children bring their coins and bills up here, I wondered if it was adults' coins for Christ, if we could be that orderly, because they give way and they let each other come put their money in. I wonder if we were doing it, if we could be that orderly. Somehow I kind of doubt it. (laughs) I received word just before services began today that our sister uh, Doris Robertson uh, fell, and she's broken her hip, and she's currently in surgery at Sparks. Her uh, daughter Pam and husband uh, Hank Watlington are currently out of town, and they're on their way back to uh, to be with her. Uh, a couple of members have also gone to be with her, but uh, let's keep her in our prayers, and let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence, your love, and your grace. Father, we lift our sister Doris up to you. We pray that you will be with those who are taking care of her medically, that you will bless them. We pray that uh, her recovery will be uneventful and, and uh, she will be able to resume her activities as, as soon as she can. Father, we pray for Pam and Hank as they travel. We know that they're anxious, but uh, keep them safe in their travels as well. Father, we thank you for everyone here today. We pray that if uh, someone is traveling through, that you would keep them safe, if uh, there are those who are visiting, we pray that, uh, that uh, they would be blessed by being here today. And most of all, we thank you for the gift of your son, the, uh, the time of the year that we use to remember his, his coming. We just pray that uh, we will focus on the true gift that your son is. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Several years ago, there was a major Division One football program in a major conference. And in the course of a game and a half, their first and second and third string quarterback were injured. And they had become so depleted at quarterback, they actually went to the intramural fields. You know, where the clubs and the fraternities play flag football, looking for a quarterback that might be able to help them just to give some depth. That's how I feel this morning because you see Chris is on a trip this Christmas with his family. And Rick's not here, so I feel like they found me on the intramural fields and <laughs> brought me in. And I have to admit, last week, I finished, uh, we finished singing the song, song before the sermon, you know, and I sat down and got comfortable and settled in my seat, and I looked up at the first slide, and I cringed because I thought, that's the line of the thought, and that's what I plan to say this week. I thought I was safe. You know, Chris had been preaching out of 1 Peter. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, that's what I planned on saying. I should have copyrighted this and maybe Chris could have had to pay me royalties or something. But I said, I'll have to start over again. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, what I, there may be some overlap today, but what I plan to say is really a continuation of what uh, Chris spoke about last week. So, here it goes. Ah, Christmas. Aren't you glad it's here? The Christmas season. Christmas story. A time of peace on earth. Goodwill towards mankind. A time of joy to the world. A time to slow down and reflect. Time to be at home and enjoy your family. Time for respite from the rat race and enjoy the season. A time to just consider others and consider how fortunate we really are. Time to place things in their proper perspective Time to consider the true meaning of the season. But in the end, is anyone truly filled with peace and joy and goodwill? Or does the season simply leave one empty? Ah, Christmas. What's the true meaning of the season? Every year, millions of Americans will write another chapter in their own Christmas story. My question for you this morning is what? What is your Christmas story? Return with me, if you would, 2,000 years ago or so. You're a shepherd. You spent a long, dry, dirty, dusty day herding sheep. Now perhaps you're sitting around the fire... Maybe you've even turned in for the night. You're simply minding your own business. When suddenly an angel of the Lord decides to appear, pay you a visit, and you're terrified. But your life, your life is changed forever. Luke chapter 2. This will be assigned to you. You will find, we'll come back to that word, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Some translations may have the Messiah, which is the Hebrew term. Some translations may have the Christ, which is the Greek term, but they both mean the anointed one. Now, shepherds weren't typically highly educated, but perhaps they knew of their people's history, their people's ancient history. Perhaps they had even read or heard some of the ancient scriptures brought before them. Maybe some of the teachers had read them to them. Maybe they had heard them in other places. Maybe they even knew the basics of that a Messiah would eventually come. We don't know how much they would have known or not known, but perhaps they knew this scripture from Isaiah. Then Isaiah said, "'Hear now, you house of David, "'is it not enough to try the patience of humans? "'Will you try the patience of my God also? "'Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. "'The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Or maybe they knew this Isaiah chapter 9. For uh, to us a child of hope is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Or maybe they even knew this from the prophet Micah. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Now wait. The scriptures say here in Micah that the Savior, the Messiah, will come from Bethlehem. But Mary and Joseph are from Nazareth. Now, what gives? Well, remember last week that Caesar Augustus had declared a census to collect taxes? So uh, Luke can pick it up from there. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town, for them in the end. Now back to the shepherds. Now, regardless of what they knew or what they did not know, or if they knew any of the ancient scriptures or had ever heard anything before, if an angel of the Lord appears before you and says, Get up and go, it's probably a good idea to get up and go. Remember, the angel said, You will find, you will find a baby you will find the Messiah. So if I'm a shepherd trying to figure all this out, minding my own business out tending sheep, what did I find? When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. The Lord has made this known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, he was circumcised and he was called Jesus, name given by the angel before he was even conceived in the womb. See, my purpose in reading all these scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament was to illustrate that the Christmas story is much more than a simple story. It's God's plan from the beginning. Now, understand, I have no problem with Christmas. I I actually enjoy the season, the celebration, getting together with family. But hear one thing. the, The human version of this story ends abruptly, too abruptly, because the story does not end in a stable. It ends in an empty tomb. You see, the ancient scriptures the same scriptures that announced the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Christ, also announced his reason for coming. Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on Him, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, like a sheep that before it cheers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, with a rich man in his death. And although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. And when a soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. You know, when a child is born Many many times the parents, maybe even the grandparents, or maybe both, imagine, I wonder what this child will grow up to be. The sky's the limit. They can be anything they want to be in this country. Remember we read a couple of minutes ago in Luke 2, verse 19, how Mary treasured these things in her heart. But I wonder if she and Joseph fully understood who their son really was. When Jesus was born, his future was already set, his work was already defined, and his purpose was abundantly clear. And I understand that Christmas is not a fun time for everyone, it's hard. It can be very sorrowful and painful. But for others, Christmas is a time of joy and happiness. The decorations, the joy of children on Christmas morning Bringing families together, enjoying the season. And I certainly have no issues with celebrating Christmas and I somewhat enjoy it myself. But we're living in a day and age when we can become discouraged, disillusioned, even downright disheartened. Christianity seems to be under attack. Pain and suffering is everywhere. Out and out evil is rampant in other parts of the world and even on our doorstep here there's struggle there's heartache pain difficulty everywhere so where is the joy in the world where is the peace on earth how about the words of the master himself and Jesus said come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In a few minutes we'll be singing a song and Jesus will be standing at the door offering his peace on earth, his joy to the world, because... In the words of the master himself, he will provide rest. He will provide peace. He will provide joy. You ever seen these words anywhere? Church marquee, maybe, or a billboard, or if if you can withstand being sued over the billboard or whatever, but anyway, that's a different story. Maybe even an advertisement in the paper I guess it's okay, but it's not really accurate because the season is man-made. Jesus is the reason, period. And let's never forget that the whole reason that God sent his son, the whole reason for his birth was so that he could ultimately die. Yes, Jesus did die and he was born just so he could die. The baby in the manger grew up to be the Savior on the cross. We have the answer from the Master himself. But why are so many unable to find him? As Luke pointed out in verse, or chapter 2, you will find him, the Savior. Why are so many unable to find him today? Well, maybe many do not find him because they're not even looking for him. Maybe many do not find him because they're simply looking in the wrong place. Maybe many do not find him because they don't even know where to start. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And yes, there is much more to the Christmas story than a baby in a manger. So the question I'm going to leave you with this morning is this Who have you found? A baby in a manger or the Savior on a cross? We will stand ready to help you this morning. There will be elders in room 100. There will be elders down front. If you need to find the Savior for the first time this morning, we can help you. If you need to find him again, we can help you as well. If, If you need our assistance, please come while we stand and sing.